Hell's Peloton. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so the Carbondale Peloton idea, um, basically Peloton does it all, services all people. You have gyms that provide it. You have people that buy it and do it at home. And then they also have that virtual setup. I kind of, like you said, I can kind of base myself on that just because of the all-around service I can provide. I can meet somebody at a gym for like 30 minutes or an hour. I can meet them at their home facility. Uh, they provide the space, I provide the equipment. We can go from there or a virtual setting since we're in the age of technology with technology only getting better and better. Why just limit yourself to face-to-face -face interactions when me being a Carbondale, I could be training somebody in Texas just stuff like that, just not limiting yourself on the space and the area that you're in. Always trying to branch out and build networks because you never know. I could end up going to Texas one day or something, and then somebody could say, oh, yeah, you virtually trained my friend. How about <laughs> while you're down here, you uh -huh. know, we get a few sessions in. So you just never know what opportunities could knock. And Do you, you have some folks, like, at a distance right now that you are training with? Um, I have two in Florida that I'm training virtually. I have one in Chicago, and then I have somebody in Wisconsin that buys programs from me from time to time. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Like I, And I'm not a physically fit person, nor am I interested in being physically fit because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> we'll change that, man. We'll talk uh, after the podcast. Man, I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to leave here today, and I'm going to have my own program, whether yeah. I want it or not. <laughs> You're going to hear me wheezing halfway through the podcast and just be like, this dude needs my attention. Yeah, <laughs> but um, have you have like, have you always been just like into physical fitness and like this was just kind of a fit and you were like, man, I got to I got to branch this out and do something with it. Um, Kind of growing up in Chicago, like the neighborhood I was in, I was around a lot of park districts and park areas. So mm -hmm. it was always a reason to go outside and be active. And then once I got older, people would ask me like fitness questions and I would have general knowledge about it, but I wouldn't have like probably what they were actually looking for. Mm -hmm. So the more the older I got, I just started looking more into it. And then I ended up going to SIU for school, uh, kinesiology, mm -hmm. uh, sports administration focused, but some of the classes were like exercise science based. So mm -hmm. some of the stuff I had minor knowledge and interest in I was able to just learn more about it. And then eventually I kept getting people asking me like fitness advice. I'm like, all right, it might be something to this. So that's Somebody what- give me some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what led to that experience, just going ahead and getting certified in personal training. And then on top of that, um, not just training, but nutrition, because you can work out all you want. But I mean, if you're not eating right, mm -hmm. the results not gonna show the way you would want them to. Yeah. Yep, and that, uh, there it is. And we're going to eat right for the mind for episode 58 of the WTF Carbondale podcast where we talk like to interesting that. people about their interesting lives and tie it all back together to this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. Episode 58, Kentrell Palmer. One of, the, one of my favorite kinds of episodes to do because we've never met before, yeah. and I like meeting <laughs> new people and then giving people a platform to, like, just be seen out there because there's so much going on in this town and like i've i've talked about anything from you know the value of remote work to you know you know the, the value of like trying to keep students here 
doing something cool coming out of programs at SIU. And like, this is indicative of that. Like you may be leaving after you're done with grad school and that's all well and good when, when that goes down. But like, you know, if I, if I get, if, if one out of every 10 Contrells stayed around Carbondale because they recognized they could do something out of here and like manage the cost of living, that would be, I mean, that would, that would change the face of this town in terms of getting people to just live here. And I, you know, you kind of opened up to it, uh, you know, right off the bat of what, what brought you here, but like school, right? So is that, I mean, is that, what, what about Carbondale kind of drew you in? Cause another thing, and I'm doing too much rambling right now myself, um, was, you know, was there also a combination of like looking at Carbondale and seeing, Oh, there's a bunch of parks around Carbondale. This feels like familiar space because there's already a bunch of outdoor activity going on. Uh, that was part of it and also um, some of the people from my high school and just people that I grew up in the Chicago area with they were already down here mm -hmm. so out of all the choices that I had that was probably this was probably the most comfortable pick mm -hmm. just because I'm a first-generation college student so I kind of wanted to make this transition easy as possible I didn't want to go too far and be stressed even though, I mean, I was already stressed here, but I mean, college is <laughs> college, but it's a difference being stressed and you like just a drive away from home as opposed to being stressed and, oh man, I need to find out when the next flight is to get back home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, trying, trying to go 15, 20 hours away. That's a U-Haul just to get there and God knows how you get back from there. Yeah. I mean, it sounds good because you could go somewhere. The location is nice, but if you're stressed, are you really going to enjoy it? So. Well, in kinesiology and kind of the the, the sports, what did, what did you refer to it as sports? Uh, it was um, I did sports management, sports administration, but it all fell into the kinesiology field. But that's, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good school here at SIU if yeah. I if I understand correctly. Again, yeah, that you know, was I another selling point. Once I um, I did my campus tour down here and then just talked to my academic advisor at the time he was telling me about the program how it was one of the top ones and that I wouldn't regret like choosing SIU if I wanted to stick with that major just because of the emphasis they put on that program nice are you uh is your is your grad work in the same field or have you branched out into something different yeah I'm sticking with the uh, kinesiology but this time I'm uh, focusing on sports studies mm -hmm. so it'll be facilities management uh, psychology of sport and stuff like that that I can incorporate into my business I could have done the exercise science but some of that stuff in my opinion I went through a lot of it with my personal training certifications mm -hmm. and then just all the books that I have at home reading about like functional uh, patterns and stuff like that. So I figured just go with the sports studies so I could learn about facilities management, event management, psych psychology of activity and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Well, and, that, and that's so broad in terms of what you can do with it. Sounds like to me, because I mean, if you've got a, if you've got an understanding of how to run a stadium facility, you've got an understanding of how to run anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you know how to run the hot dog stand. You know how to run the gift shop. You know how to run, uh, you know, a major concert coming through to a facility. Like, yeah, just all yeah. these different things that would play into it. I, I And correct me if I'm wrong in any of this stuff, too. Like I, I Oh, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> actually, for one of my undergrad courses, it was um, event management. So mm -hmm. it was probably like a lower level of one of the classes that I'd probably take in grad school. And one of the projects that we had to do was basically – pick a facility and plan an event. So we had to go over like logistics, 
um, making sure it was open for everybody, uh, handicap accessible, all of that stuff. So yeah, all of that plays a part and it just helps when I'm like doing my own business, like can I provide my services for everybody? What do I need to do to make sure this person feels like they can contact me and reach out without mm -hmm. feeling like they're out of their comfort zone. Did you, um, the, the, the digital training, was that anything you were working on before COVID? Did COVID have an impact on that? Or was it just kind of a, you knew that that was part of where the industry was going and you just had to do that? It was part of, I knew that's where the industry was going, but COVID definitely sped up that process. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually... Uh, I started this during COVID, so like I basically gambled on myself, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to jump into the health and fitness industry at the beginning of a pandemic with a lot of unknowns going on. So I knew that the virtual thing would have to pick up no matter what, just because people didn't know what to do, so they were staying in the houses. That's good. <clears throat> Gosh. I wish I could shake this. I'm gonna, by, by the end of the day, I'm going to be out of a voice. Right, man. I'm we're already gonna, halfway there. We're going to go just, run, and you're going to sweat it out, man. That's, that's <laughs> right. Oh, my God, dude. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've got two real good friends that, that stay on me. I mean, I get, a, I get a Facebook message every day. 30 days worth of something or 30, oh, 30 minutes worth of something. Do something, Nathan. Do something. And I'm not good about following up. But, man, I'm, I'm 31 at this point, which probably sounds old to you guys and young to the guests that we just had in the building. <laughs> And and somewhere in between, you know, my kids look at me and go, "Why can't you keep up?" <laughs> it's because I'm out of shape, kids. But it's like, man, it's it's difficult, like yeah. just to just to be busy and and to and to do all the right things. And it's funny because I'm actually a vegetarian, oh. and you wouldn't be able to tell that just by looking at me because most vegetarians aren't just <laughs> running around looking plump like this. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like a bad, like I'm a dirty vegetarian, man. Like I'm eating, you know, French fries and. Uh, you know, just fried foods, yeah, microwave so you, burritos, so whatever, line, whatever it is, man. It, you know, <laughs> sure, I don't have meat in the diet, but it's not like I've got a good diet just because I'm not eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> is that which, which would you say for for your folks um, is is the more difficult part to to address? Is it is it the exercise component of it or is it the the actual diet and the nutrition aspect of it? Um, it's probably like 50 50 because uh -huh. i have a handful that are already eating right but they don't know like what they should be doing as far as their body goals then i have some that are just they love the, the gym they love to work out any chance they get but due to like probably their job or just various reasons they don't eat right consistently yeah. so i would say it's probably 50 50. that's that's reasonable. I, I would imagine that's the case. Hey, man, I'm I'm sitting here on 100% of the side because I don't want to exercise and I don't want to eat right. So. <laughs> yeah, because I have a few people, like, they get off late at night. So the only thing that's really open late at night now is fast food restaurants. Yeah. So it's quick to go through a drive-thru instead of going home, mm -hmm. knowing you possibly have something on the healthier side that you could cook. But, I mean, at 1 in the morning, you really feel like prepping the meal mm -hmm. that you probably you know, take 45 minutes to, like, fully cooked and by that time you're sitting down look at that it's two o'clock you eat uh get yourself ready to go to sleep next thing you know oh yeah it's time to wake up start that cycle over again <laughs> when instead i'm off at one o'clock i could just go through this drive through real quick i can mm -hmm. eat on the way home kill the time so yeah well that seems like it's why a lot of the 
the meal prep businesses have been able to get successful because like that's that's a much more structured nutritional like plan you know hey we're gonna you know it's gonna be more expensive but we're gonna go ahead and prep your meal we're gonna have you set up like you know eat like this act like this you know because i you know i would guess that for a lot of folks it's the the thinking part like it it takes a lot yeah you know to think through all the components of of nutrition and, and fitness and that again ties back into well, you put together a plan for somebody. You actually coach somebody through that plan. You know, you make corrections to that plan as needed. Like, if I'm somebody that's working 40, 50 hours a week, like, the last thing that I'm trying to do is spend all my time <laughs> thinking about well, how am I going to eat better? Yeah. How am I going to, how am I going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, live that's better? Just That's the biggest challenge right there. Um, basically, getting somebody to buy into knowing that you need to eat right in order to get the results you want if you're gonna consistently work out. So that, like, I know I said it's 50-50, but it's probably more emphasis on the nutrition, mm -hmm. especially uh, in ways I'm limited because I'm just a nutritionist. So I can't say, yeah, you need to go eat this. I can just make uh, suggestions. Yeah, I can't, like, sit down. Me and you sit down and I say, oh, yeah, for breakfast, you're gonna eat this, this, and that. I could just put you in the ballpark of stuff that you should like start leaning towards. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are there are there kind of certifications that you can pick up along the way with this? Because I know you know the the bigger the bigger degree obviously is focused on what it's focused on. But you talked about becoming a certified personal trainer. Like, is there other just a bunch of continued education yeah, that's in lot this of, field? Yeah, it's a lot of uh, continued education courses and various websites offer different things. So if you want to focus on like youth training, there's courses for that. Um, I just got an email the other day saying that I could um, apply for tactical training, which would basically be like people in the field, Marine, Navy-based training and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's it's all about what you want to do with it. So once you find your lane, you can kind of just see what uh, continued education courses there are for you. Have you always had kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, or is this like just something that you happen to fall into because it lined up with all the other activity you had going on? Uh, I always had the plan that um, one day I would be doing something that I started with the help of other people. So I've always kind of had that mindset. Basically, like I said, uh, growing up in Chicago, that was kind of like one of the stronger mindsets to have. Like you needed to be able to go get it for yourself and just always like stay in go mode business-wise. So it's always cool to like have fun and, you know, do other jobs. But in the back of my mind, I always knew like working for somebody else wasn't for me. Like I knew I needed to start something on my own. And the sooner I did it, the better it would be because I'd be able to learn early. That way by the time I'm 30, I'm like, all right. <laughs> man, that was that was right to the heart, dude. I felt that. I felt that little hinge. You know, when I'm 30, <laughs> damn. Nah, yeah, but I'm saying, I mean, that's only five years away. So I mean, it's coming. But. Oh man, here's 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 what here's what I'm telling you straight up, man. Nobody tells you, nobody tells you, how rough 25 to 30 is. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, how you're set up. 25 to 30 is just a tough run a time yeah, so I prepare for it man it's, if it's not already on you stuff. it's coming i've only heard about the fun stuff i haven't heard about the crazy stuff but <laughs> i'm learning about the crazy stuff on my own and i just sit back and think like man why wouldn't y'all telling me about this side of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
have you um, have you have you been able to engage with any of the small business resources in town or through SIU, like the Small Business Development Center, or have you just uh, kind of done this kind of on your own from scratch, figuring it out as you go along? Uh, basically, figuring it out on my own. I have some contacts. I haven't personally reached out to that uh, the program you were talking about, uh -huh. but I have uh, contacts within SIU. For, I actually did an internship there my senior year for marketing. Nice. So I have contacts there that I reach out to from time to time, like, hey, what are your thoughts on if I post something like this? Mm -hmm. Or if you were in my position and you were going to run this type of event, how would you make the flyer, stuff like that? And then basically everything else is like on my own uh, friends and stuff like that. Cause I knew like starting a business, I know like the first two years money wise, it's like, do you really want to put it all in there? And then if it fails, you're broke. Mm -hmm. So I basically stuck to what I knew. I knew I had a marketing background. So I did that. I do majority of the marketing myself, but I get help from time to time. Like somebody's gonna show up and take pictures of you yeah, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, one of my you can't best see him off camera, there. but it's there. It's there. Hey, a photographer, so I'm like, all right, he's trying to build his portfolio. Mm -hmm. Let's work. Uh, my girlfriend, she's in the graphic design, so mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, let's let's put something together that people will like. And then you actually had one of my buddies on here, uh, Marshawn Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I pick his brain for all, like the business information, like. Uh, as far as Facebook marketing, social media marketing, public marketing, and stuff like that, so. it was it was so interesting with Marshawn's episode. It was a buddy of mine who I talked about, I think, on that podcast, Kyle, yeah. uh, who was episode number seven. He like he saw it and he saw what Marshawn was doing. He was like, oh, and like he he knew, even though Marshawn may not have applied the the technical terms to it, right. Um, Kyle was like, oh, this dude's working with economy of scale and like went through all of the techno components of like why something like him and what he's doing is actually competitive with, excuse me, uh, with your larger entities doing similar things like yeah. an Uber or a, or a Lime or whatever else that does the, the scooter activity in large metropolitan areas. It's mm -hmm. like that scale in Carbondale doesn't necessarily work for some of these larger entities, right. but for somebody like Marshawn, who's working at an economy of scale, it can actually work just fine executing that here in a Carbondale market. And that's something that, excuse me, kind of excites me to, to kind of play with and, and seek out yeah. in, in this podcast, more entrepreneurs like yourself and like Marshawn that, are working at that economy of scale. Cause right now, I mean, you've got, you know, however many dozen or two clients that you have that you're working with. Right. And that works for you at the scale that you're at. Right. And eventually you're going to work it up to a point where you hit that wall and it's like, okay, do we stay at this level and this is good. And like, there are other projects that we spin up off on this other side, or right. do we figure out what the next step is in the scaling up of the business? Um, it, you've you basically on the right track about it. Um, I'm at 14 consistent clients that I see throughout the week. Mm -hmm. um, I have five online, and then I have like one-offs here and there that I just buy a program. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm comfortable with that. Could I take on more? Sure. I mean, like I I get messages all the time, but sometimes the time slots don't work out because I have some people that want to work out when I already have 
sessions booked. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be it'll be fine if the sessions that are already booked were like outside or something like that because I can incorporate them more. Mm-hmm. But the majority of mine, for the most part, are home visits because uh, with the pandemic and all that, a mm-hmm. lot of people weren't really comfortable leaving their homes. So I figured if they have decent amount of space like garage you know just lift the door up so we can get some air circulation Mm -hmm. Uh, we can work out there Um, I have one I actually go out there three times a week train the husband and the wife for about an hour that's awesome just uh, a quick drive out to Murfreesboro uh, Monday Tuesday and Thursday uh, stuff like that but the scaling is definitely like it plays a big part because I know the area uh, I don't want to overwork myself. Mm-hmm. And then with it being a smaller town, I don't want to get a bad rep. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he started off good, but I could tell he's not what he used to be. Yeah, You could get away with that in a bigger city. Like, okay, I'm from Chicago. If I, like, I took my business to Chicago, I got people under me. I could keep the top-tier clients or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. and then just divvy off the one-off sort of people I don't see as often to the other people. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh, yeah, we're working out, but we're not always seeing him, and that's fine, as opposed to being here. Like, they have to see me because it's it's my (laughs) business. So if I don't have them and then I'm sending them to somebody else, it could be a misrepresentation of the brand Mm because maybe that trainer isn't doing what they, like, had in mind as far as their body goals. So now they're messaging me or just putting it on Facebook or something like, hey, KP Fitness, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. They don't go by what I ask for and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So the scale into your population is a big part about it because you don't want to overwork yourself. You don't want to under-deliver what you're promising on either. The, uh, <clears throat> the brand protection aspect, I think, is huge yeah. right i mean and i you know I, I struggle with this with the wtf carbondale stuff right that everybody has in their own mind what this brand means right yeah, to me I didn't, I didn't know what to expect uh, <laughs> I, I actually just to go back to marshawn real quick when he told me he did it i was like how'd the podcast go i was like because sometimes scrolling through that page mm-hmm. i don't know what to expect <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it man and you're right and it's i you know just the the podcast that we were just doing beforehand i mean the 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 criticism there is you know what 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 does it mean really is it is it something that's meant to be negative and tearing stuff down is it something uh that's meant to do something else and you know for for me that's that's been the difficult part of handing a good portion of the brand over to the general public right with something like a facebook group and then whatever the general public does that's what the brand becomes a representation of and even though there may be four out of five posts that are like good and doing something constructive and whatever else it's that 20 percent, that one in five that people will pop up on and be like "Eh." and then like that's all it takes to start tearing stuff down and then all of a sudden you know it's you can walk around man anywhere that's not behind or that's not right in front of the the camera like you're good so like if you want to get on the other side of them if you want to get behind them you're you're all right. Uh, that's uh, that's his cameraman. That's his other cameraman <laughs> doing the photos right now. We're directing him around the the space. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. No, you're you're absolutely right. And that's that's part of kind of the you know the the podcast itself really embraces the brand as I want it to be seen, right. which is kind of this this you know fringe perspective on all of the things that are carnal to Carbondale. So trying to get people 
just in here telling their own Carbondale story and, you know, telling the, telling the stories that they've experienced in Carbondale, whether it's somebody that's been here for 50 years or somebody that's been here for five years. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm just kind of pigeonholed myself into, um, the singular brand concept of WTF Carbondale, um, instead of trying to break it off and be like, well, the podcast is actually, right. you know, um, I don't know what I'd call it, you know, um, interesting Carbondale or something like that. And then the group is its own name and the page is its own name and the Instagram is its own thing. It's like, I've just kept it all under a single umbrella. Yeah, so now and now my getting labeled as the same thing. Do what? Sorry. And so now everything's getting labeled like as the same thing. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. And then that, that's where I've got to push back on it and just figure out, well, how do I curate the group in an effort to represent the broader brand correctly as like, I'm hoping that it'll be seen. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I get you, I guess is what, I, <laughs> is what I'm, uh, is yeah. what I'm working to say is that I, that I get you. So, um, no, did you, uh, did you meet your girlfriend here while you were, uh, while you were yeah, at school? We met or? Down, yeah, we met down here. Uh, and she basically supported the idea cause we, uh, we basically both lost our jobs at the same time during the pandemic. Uh -huh. So once I told her that this was in the back of my mind i'm like i already spent all this money getting certified i might as well put it to work mm -hmm. so she was like strongly behind me helping me with all of that stuff she helped with the initial stages as far as the graphic designing and all of that then like i said my photographer right here he uh, helped out with the first uh set of group sessions that i was doing which really helped me start off and get clients right away as opposed to Oh yeah, I had a fitness company, but then there's nothing there to yeah. show what I'm doing. I tell you what, man, the the group thing's an interesting idea, and I, you know, just just plant some seeds with you to work off of. You know, what what is it to solicit a, a business client, right? Somebody who's got ten or fifteen employees that they want to see run through a wellness program, and then you know whether it's remote work or, or on in person, right? That you're able to kind of guide and, and drive that program. So just you know, if we're talking about how to scale up, yeah. but also maintain uh, the quality of service and and do service to the brand overall, right? That's that's you know the the way to do it, is to grab these groups of folks. So what what's it been like? I, I guess I should say how do you how do you get clients to begin with now? Like is it just kind of your own uh, personal network or what um, what have you done to kind of find find folks? Uh, word of mouth. Uh, I did some Facebook ads, but they weren't really working. I was getting more just off a of natural post instead of putting money behind them mm -hmm. um i started using linkedin more oh yeah is at first i was just using facebook and instagram but then i got thinking about it like linkedin is probably where i want to be at mm -hmm. because like it's professionals on there mm -hmm. and they it's more business like on there so i was able to just message some people from the carbondale area like hey i'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach in the area um if you want to sit down and talk uh meet grab a cup of coffee or something we can just talk about if you have any specific goals or needs that you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, some people responded. Some people some people responded with interest. Some people responded basically saying not right now. Yeah. Then you had those people that just opened it, and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But as far as uh, just getting clients, word of mouth, referrals from clients that I, like, have or previously had, stuff like I actually got two because I know when we were talking over, <clears throat> like, Facebook, Mm -hmm. You said you had heard about a group challenge that I did. 
I got um, probably three new clients just off of the Biggest Loser competition that uh-huh. I did just because they knew people that were in it and they were like, oh, okay, the results are real. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's, <clears throat> you know, that's that's it, man. That networking, that's another thing that, that, you know, we just miss out on that our generations weren't really, like, taught into. It was like, hey, here's the importance of networking. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. You can have all the work ethic in the world. You can have all the skills in the world. Yeah. If you don't know people and know how to get people on your side, that's it. Yeah, you got nothing. Yeah, because there's one thing to promote on your computer or your phone all day, but if nobody can put the face of the name, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't, as far as, like, virtual training, I wouldn't send somebody, like, a lump sum of money if we've never even met before. Yeah. So it's always good to make sure that your face is attached to your business. That way, when people look you up, like, search the business, they're like, oh, yeah, we've talked before, instead of, all right, what is this this KP Fitness? All right, he has a fitness program. Let me look at the page. Okay, the page looks good, but who is he? So it's always good to make sure that your face and your name is attached to what you're doing. That way people have something to fall back on when they want to know more, like how to reach you and stuff like that. Do you feel like you're a natural marketer, like that it's always been kind of something for you, like a good fit, or do you feel like you've had to work at – getting to understand how to present yourself and how to build that brand and, and all um, that stuff? Uh, People-wise, I've always been able to, like, sell what I was doing or just how regular – I basically just turn it into regular conversation. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of it, I just see how it went. But as far as social media, I had to work harder to figure out what I could and couldn't do, mm-hmm. especially, like, in the fitness industry. Uh, the, health, uh, the health column is – heavily criticized on how you word stuff because um, I actually got flagged once for a post that I made about like weight loss. Mm -hmm. I did a progression picture and I guess some of my phrasing triggered an algorithm Mm -hmm. and it got flagged for trying to uh, promote unrealistic expectations. So as far as the marketing, like social media wise, I've had to work harder to make sure that I'm wording stuff right. Mm-hmm. I go back and read it a few times, like, all right, this is general enough instead of trying to throw too much on it. But like word 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 to mouth, just people wise, I can just sell what I'm doing all day. Man, <clears throat> that algorithm will get you every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, which good on some sense, because I'd rather have it be a little heavy handed and like get all the people that are out there being like, you know spreading real bad misinformation about one thing or the other but at the same time it's like you had a real experience and you were really sharing that with folks it's like this is you know and yet somehow i still get you know ads that show up that are like this product was on shark tank and look how it helped this person lose 300 pounds and it's like how are you gonna let that ad stay probably the more money you throw at it the more they're willing to look the other way that's (laughs) probably it that's probably it have you ever um have you thought about doing like just like standard videos, almost like a like a Tybo type thing, where you're like doing the workout videos and stuff for <laughs> like folks. Is that P- part of like what you the do P90X now? PDX and all of that. Uh, no, not yet. I thought about it, but those are time consuming mm-hmm. from what I've like noticed, and and the hours that it takes to make those. Yeah, I could just do that with a client for an hour, and then just go to the next client as opposed to all right i make sure i got all the angles right mm-hmm. lighting's right um 
the sound matches what's going on with the video and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I thought about it probably later down the line, or probably, or I might add it like to start off at like a beta test, mm-hmm. just not as long, and then the more comfortable I get with it, probably make full courses off of it. Cool. Yeah, when we're just talking through things that yeah. you know kind of kind of make sense on scale, right? Everything from group activity to media or whatever else, and it, you know, this is this is kind of that Cinderella story of where everything starts, right? It's it's always that square one, you know, not everybody's an Elon Musk whose family was, you know, um, colonial, like rare earth miners who were, right. you know, everybody's like, oh, Elon Musk, self-made man. It's like, nah, man, his, his family was pretty sketch getting in there to begin with. And he already had millions, if not billions of dollars behind him who just happened to be kind of smart. Like, let's not give him too much credit. <laughs> and then another thing to go back to scaling, it helps when you know your target audience. Yeah. So probably like my first month, I was just scrambling around like, all right, who can I get? Is it going to be people my age group? Is it going to be older people? Is it going to be younger people? Mm -hmm. So that first month was probably the most stressful because I was trying to figure out who could I get. But after that, I just sat back and just let my work do the talking. So now uh, my target audience probably is older people. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, it is older people just because I realized – People who were like – 30 no <laughs> <laughs> no man that, that's i'm gonna consider that my age group since i'm only yeah, five you're, years you're, away you're, so you're, man no you're not old man. <laughs> but uh the older generation they're easier to train in my opinion yeah. just because they know what they want they're yeah. not gonna waste my time just because they kind of have like their schedule set and mm-hmm. they don't plan on changing it so i have them they're basically like my core then i have people in our age range (laughs) in our age range and then i have a few uh few people that are like high school and stuff like that um one of my favorite clients uh 15 just she does everything Mm -hmm. uh general fitness she likes the heavy weights she uh parachute runs all of that stuff so and then it helps me like not get stale i can always come up with something new since mm-hmm. i'm dealing with three different dynamics what what's um part of part of the learning in kinesiology and and i know that you're you're not you know hyper focused on on all of the the specifics about um the the body and whatnot but i, I would imagine that there's you know you're some trainers you may go to and they're just like lift these weights and i'm here to yell at you and do your thing and blah 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 and that can like lead to injury versus like training somebody right and knowing the science behind what you're asking them to do like is that a critical component to the work that you do as well yes and that's one of the reasons a lot of people are nervous about getting a personal trainer because you have those like you said yeah, today we're going to lift all these weights and then that's it. Then you have some where it's just you may not be heavily lifting weights, but the entire session is intense. So you need to know who you're working with, know what they can and can't do. That's me personally. The first session that I do with anybody, I basically is like a test. What like, all right, what what can you can't do? I just basically throw everything at you, and then at the end of it, we cooled down, we talked. I was like, all right, you did better in this area than that area. So when we're training, your technique, I don't have to worry about your technique, but we're going to worry about 
your stamina lifting this um, this <coughs> amount of pounds as opposed to this amount. So mm -hmm. that's definitely a key component. Uh, the trainers that I talk to and that I keep in contact with, that's one thing that they told me to like stay focused on, just knowing who I'm with and knowing how and how not to run the session. Have you had some mentorship along the way that's kind of helped you refine things as you as you progress yeah um i have a few people down here in the area that i talk to from time to time then i have a couple of people that i just watch like through social media mm -hmm. and then i have those like i said i started using linkedin i have a few on linkedin that i shoot messages to every now and then especially um like with the virtual stuff how mm -hmm. did they get into it like how did they stick with it even though it started off slow and stuff like that so yeah I have a few contacts all across the board that I reach out to whenever I'm stuck or just need clarification on something. Nice. Have you uh, <clears throat> have you looked at kind of writing as an opportunity as well at all? Like just you know putting because I know just LinkedIn's really good for distributing you know professional media, not just like video and stuff, but yeah. like hey, I wrote this article about this thing. Here's this experience that I had with the client. Like. You know, just kind of trying to capture stuff by virtue of being a resource for folks. Yeah, I've looked into that uh, on LinkedIn. Then um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's a company called Upwork, basically like freelance services. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, it's it's a section on there for projects, and in the health part, the health uh, category of it is actually people that are looking for trainers to like write up stuff like that. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. So, so do, you, yeah, I, do you do some work through Upwork as well? And yeah, that's why I, when I graduated, that's where I started. Was, you know, the college story. I didn't get a job right away. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I actually found Upwork, and I was doing a lot of like marketing projects, uh -huh. whether it was just general marketing or just like fitness and stuff like that. I was doing work through there for probably a year, uh, on and off. But they were like lengthy projects. So probably a two-month project here, a uh, three-week project there, stuff like that. Nice. Whew, sorry, man. I wish my voice wasn't trying to give out on me this oh, whole man, time. It's all good, just... man. <laughs> uh, so what, uh, just in terms of, of, of Carbondale, do you feel like it's kind of given you the space to do this where you may have not been able to have as much space and the ability to, to achieve what you're achieving in like a larger metro area like Chicago? Or do you feel... Uh, so far, I feel like I got what I asked for in a sense. Yeah. Uh, I live right behind the, a park, so mm -hmm. the super block actually. So I take people to the track or I take people to that little recreation area at the nice. park. So yeah, I'm taking advantage <laughs> of all the space that's around here. There's a lot of open field. Mm -hmm. uh, weather, except for this week, is normally nice around this time <laughs> of year. So, yeah, just taking advantage of all of that. Cause yeah. actually, actually, last year, I was able to train people outside until the middle of December, mm -hmm. just because of the weather. So yeah. bless up climate change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's both warm and cold all at the same time. Oh man, I can train till December now, but turns out there's gonna be a freak snowstorm in May. Yeah, because <laughs> it actually like I didn't even plan on like training outside probably past November. I figured. Oh, yeah, there's no way people are going to do it. But wake up, you're still getting 55 and sunny. Let's like, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I dig that. And I, and I, you know, I remember when they first built the, 
Super Block was right around the time that I was getting old enough to go umpire baseball games at the Super Block, and mm. it's it's a real it's a real nice resource to to have. I mean, it's just you know, it's not not every small town everywhere in America has as much outdoor community space as we have, and yeah. you know, to to recognize like you know that the existence of the park there of the, of the super block there or of the parks throughout the town actually have an influence on commerce like what you're doing like you know yeah, not every, you know, not everybody thinks about it. i surely don't think about it like that very yeah. often but like that's that's something to note like that public space influences private commerce mm-hmm. um in what you're doing so. yeah, and actually some of my clients when they would ask where to meet and i would tell them they've been in carbondale for years but never knew about the super block so that's crazy. Yeah, That's crazy. Not. I mean, I, I know it's a little hidden away, right? Like, unless you take that turn and you go down there, like it's behind the school and it's behind apartments on either side. It's behind the super, uh, behind Sports Blast or or um, was it was it called now? Um, warehouse Gym. Uh, man, I gotta I gotta get Dirk on this on this show. But I mean that that the what's now Warehouse Gym. Back when back when I would have been in like grade school, we would go like bowling there for field trips and stuff. Yeah. Like it was just this old smoky bowling lounge. Uh, it was just wow. interesting and like how many things it's been over the years and what they've been able to do with that building and turn it into something as, as fancy and beautiful as it is now with the with the wedding events and all that other stuff. But I digress. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting way off base here. Way off base. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just a uh, yeah. It, it's cool to to know that. Um, that these things have have an influence on it like that. Um, uh, don't slow down, Nathan. You only got 20 more minutes left. You can do this. Oh, man, you manage this conversation. Fight through it, man. Uh, dude, and then I still got a concert I got to do tonight. <laughs> I mean, by the time this podcast airs, the concert will be long and over. But it's like, dude, it's – I'm supposed to do a – we thank God. We were supposed to do a, uh, do a small stand-up comedy show hmm. tomorrow for my buddy Coach who we, um, we were going to have like – 10 or 15 people in all distance and mass and whatever, and like give them their own personal mics to pick up the laughs. When he was like, man, we're going to have to push this out a couple weeks. I was like, thank God I wasn't going to be able to make it through the next day and have to get there. Um, what are I, do you, uh, where am I going here? What, what do I want to ask about Carbondale and yours relationship that, uh, that we haven't touched on yet? I mean, is there, what are, what are some things that you might miss that aren't here that, that we need here? that like you think could could make this place more more suitable to just have people stick around when they're done with school um more like activity spots in town as opposed to having to go to like Carterville, Marion or take a longer drive to St. Louis. Yeah. Just like more attraction spots. Uh, I know like nature is a big thing, like the hike trails and stuff like that, but that in my opinion only satisfies one part of Carbondale. Yep. You have those people that's not really into that type of stuff. So like try and build things that appease everybody. I mean, I know you can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah. But, but just if you can have something that anybody can pick up and run with. Yeah, then especially since this is deemed quote unquote a college town mm-hmm. other than the university, like give it something more than like I feel like that's what's holding on to it as like a college town because if you look around in the summertime when the students aren't here it's, it's just a regular old town mm-hmm. so I, I would just say add things that keep people going 
keep them keep them keep them moving now that's that's what i wanted that's you know i was talking to somebody about episode 55 scott uh, scott thorne it's a guy that owns castle perilous it's a little uh shop for collectibles and memorabilia and and tabletop gaming and just a bunch of different stuff out of that space and it's like well what, what do we need to have downtown to like you know draw people in it's like experiential businesses like it doesn't matter what that experience is it's just there needs to be some sort of experience there for people to have you know and maybe not just another bar or another you know coffee shop or whatever but like what's something unique that people you know are gravitating towards these days that could that could really fill in this space you know i i don't know what it is i just know i'm trying to find people that do yeah. have an idea yeah, especially in a small town because that would be something different as opposed to something that you experienced in like chicago or st louis yeah. that comes down here like create something like you said i don't know what it is either but <laughs> yeah just create something on like the strip that nobody's ever really experienced before mm-hmm. and i mean nine times out of ten it might work so yeah well and i, and I you know I, I always thought it was real interesting i'm you know i'm bummed that they're not um you know that neither neither of the business that occupied the space are, are there now but just having a, a crossfit gym down here where it's like at any given point in time during the day you'd see 10 15 people running up and down the strip like exercising and stuff and it's like give me time man we working we working (laughs) good 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 i'll uh well you know uh hustle hard and stay quiet yeah (laughs) man we're working i got i got some stuff working behind the scenes man just just give me some time (laughs) i will i will man but then and that's cool like and, and especially like stuff like what's going on with the different uh you know paint activities Right now, uh, Cree and Marquez, what they do at Project Human X, but uh, John, uh, J- JP at uh, uh, Artistic Mind, mm-hmm. uh, you know they're they're trying to they're trying to bring in more experiential stuff. I think we could do like a like a paint crawl in downtown, where it's like you start at one business and you work your way down, and you have a drink here, you have a drink there, you paint a little bit to your to your painting here, you paint a little bit to your painting there, but it's like that type of uh, you know, um, kind of path-based activity flows with everything, right? Yeah. Could you get people to do workout stations throughout downtown and, you know, get people like start off at friendship park and, you know, touch base at the empty lot by, um, by Chicago hot dog and then mm-hmm. get down to the pavilion. And like, you just have exercise stations all the way down. I know I'm, I'm planting more ideas in your head and just seeing where it'll go at a later yeah, point in time. We, but if anything that you hear, out. you latch onto, yeah. let me know and I'll see if I can help. I, yeah, I might have to reach out and do do some projects with them. That's a good idea. Yeah, Especially and I mean, the summertime coming up. And there, there's so there's so much like openness, right? If if you're willing to to execute the program, there's generally somebody out there that's willing to like help put their name on it, right? Whether yeah. it's tourism or Main Street or the city or whatever else. Like, if you're gonna show up, and be like, hey, I'm a student. I've got a business. I think this would be valuable as like a activity downtown i mean the city up until the pandemic right they were doing these these outdoor workout sessions and Mm -hmm. and like filming and sharing like hey this is this is your tuesday morning zumba class at the pavilion or whatever but it's like stuff like that's got to make a comeback right and that and that's what you know ultimately i think gets people interested in just doing stuff in the areas They, they drive by and they see oh this is going on over here that's cool maybe i'll check this out over there because now I'm more comfortable with, with seeing all these different people right. up and down the street. And it's not just 
a barren wasteland and there's nobody to be seen and you're like oh there's some nice trees and then concrete and and what else is there to go i mean ever yeah silly as it sounds like pokemon go like when pokemon go first dropped dude everybody was walking around downtown hitting everything up (laughs) and it was like there's so many people here what is going on sorry i've been doing too much rambling man oh no man you all good but um Going back to that, it's kind of like a small town syndrome that I like chalk yeah. it up to where like the people in the area get so comfortable with how things are when something new comes around, they're skeptical of it. Yeah. Because when probably one of my first like Facebook ads, I was promoting group sessions and had a couple of people laugh react at it. And ooh, ooh. <laughs> that, that random laugh react is always the... It's always the hard one, man. Yeah, like, why couple. did you, like, and you always question, like, did they mean to laugh react? <laughs> was it just like an accident yeah. where they scroll them through and oops, they hit the wrong button or whatever? Yeah, I had a couple of people laugh react at it, but I didn't let it get to me because, I mean, you got to put a value on what people think about what you have going on. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody that I probably would never see laughing at my post is not going to affect me the way a business laughing at my post would be. Yeah. Like if Nike laughed at it and I had <laughs> on and, and I was training somebody in the ad and I had on a Nike outfit yeah. and they laughed, reacted at it, I'd feel a different type of way as opposed to Sam laughing at it and I don't even know who this is, even if it's even a real person. Could and you remember a- that name too. <laughs> like right. I, I won't forget you, Sam. <laughs> If you're out there right now, Sam, and you're watching, yeah. we see you. you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's another thing, basically, that I've learned doing a business on my own without, like, an overhead support. I just mm-hmm. have to watch, like, how I react and how I value certain comments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that have said some things that, like, can't be said on here yeah. about, like, what I'm doing and, like, how I'm doing or the type of person like that I am and stuff like that, but I can't put a value on that if they're not if it's not helping me, why value it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Just move move it on and you know, and, and you know, it's it's at all levels, right? Because there you could have people that are close to you that are like, Contrell, is this really gonna work? You really want to put all your time into this? Is this really what you think is the right thing to do? And they like they're gonna challenge you to question yourself. Yeah. And then like if you if you land in a space where you say, ah you know, this is the right thing for me. Somebody has challenged me and told me, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But I know in my heart of hearts, like, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And be damned whatever a couple other people over here think, like, it's about me knowing what's right for myself. And and taking into account what people say, but knowing, like, you know, it's just a grain of salt. Yeah, you got to be willing to bet on yourself, especially opening a business, doing your own thing. So if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to fall flat and you're going to end up just like, all right, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And it's probably three years down the line, business is trash. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I should have listened or I should have just asked for help when it was offered and stuff like that. But oh. all the help that I've, all like all the help that I've received, um, it goes 50-50. People reach out or ask for it. I'm not afraid to ask for the help. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in that what if factor. Yeah. I don't want to be three months down the line and be like, man, what if I would have asked such and such? 
to help with this, where mm -hmm. would I be at now? I don't want to run my business in a what if stage. I would just rather, all right, we did this and it failed. What's yeah. next? Uh, well, just just say yes, right? And if and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, man. I can't, you know, I'm, you know, four or five businesses in in my life right now. You know, all but one has failed in a particular way, and and the one that hasn't failed has never been like something that I've focused on growing and expanding right. um but the key factor is like i've, I've tried and i'm going to use all those experiences along the line to like mm -hmm. put into whatever the next thing is yep. right and just saying <clears throat> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna quit at that probably probably something that's highly applicable in the uh you know in the personal trainer world it's like just not letting people quit on themselves yeah yeah, because if you let them quit on your, on themselves, then you lost them. There's no recovering from that because they already come in with some type of doubt, like, should I really be doing this or how committed should I be in this? That's why I try and make all my clients feel as comfortable and confident as possible because if you lose those two things, it's done. The, the highly enthusiastic text messages that they would send, those just go to, oh, yeah, I completed my workout or – this this was fun and then you just stop hearing from them mm -hmm. so yeah you got to keep them motivated comfortable and all of that because you lose them they're gone and then you'll never know why because they won't tell you yeah yeah they just let it go no that's i mean that's that's interesting man just how how very real that that experience is like how you got to not let them go and it's not you know it's not just for you know, for the sake of, oh, well, I gotta, I gotta eat myself. I gotta put food on the table for me, but it's like, you're, you're probably really invested in these folks that become these clients. And mm -hmm. like, it's a personal mission at some right. point to not let them go. That's the first part of it. Personal, like personal training, like you're a personal trainer. Like that personal part is a key thing about retaining and gaining clients. Cause if you don't connect with them on a personal level, you're just a guy that they see for an hour and they go about your business mm -hmm. after that probably two or three times a week. But if you connect with them on that personal level, they aren't afraid to reach out to you on an off day of the eggs. Hey, I'm doing this workout. Am I doing it right? As mm -hmm. opposed to, um, yeah, I see, I see control Thursday. I just ask him about what I did Wednesday. Ask him if that was okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. well, that's, that's good. And I mean, it sounds like you've got the folks that are like, willing you know and putting yourself out there i mean that's again part of the personal touch of the business it doesn't matter if you're a you know if you're running a five million dollar store or, or a five thousand uh, dollar you know uh, activity that it's it's that personal touch yeah. you know i mean even even at a at a franchise level right you go to you go to a corporate store like the difference between a corporate store or a franchise that that is run well and one that's run poorly is the person that's taking charge and ownership over the relationships that exist around that business. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a McDonald's is a great example of that. You know, I mean, especially in, in here and in this region, like our, our McDonald's in the area is like trended downhill for quite some time, got bought by a new group. And that new group was like a locally based group that like yeah. the, the owners and, and their family are like in these places visible and communicating and engageable and all that fun stuff. And it's like, ah, okay. I see how this can become personal, even at a large corporate level with a global right. brand like McDonald's. Same, same, same stuff applies. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm getting close, man. I'm getting close. We're like five minutes to go before I hit that magic hour mark that I'm happy with. Uh, <laughs> what do you, uh, you know, what is there? Is there anything that we're missing that we haven't touched on? I mean, I, one thing that's been burning in the back of my mind uh, that I haven't asked yet, just because you've you been in the know, kinesiology man. department. Have you have you had uh, have you had it, uh, Phil and Tom for any of your classes? Not yet. Okay. Not is he, yet. Uh, they is he told on the me, list? They told me I would see him more during grad school. Nice. Uh, I just uh, I I know him as kind of a. <laughs> You know, he's, he's the man about town. Everybody knows Phil and all the strong survivor stuff and the WSIU fundraising he does yeah. and da 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 And when you no. said kinesiology, he's he's the he's the person, when you think SIU kinesiology you and you don't know anything about <laughs> SIU kinesiology, the person that you think of is Phil Anton. Yeah, we've had uh, email conversations, and we probably met once when I was an intern for the rec, so he probably doesn't know who I am. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they told me once I started grad school, get used to seeing his name, get get used to seeing him way more, hearing his name a lot more than I did for nice. undergrad. So you, so you, <clears throat> uh, it was that, uh, was that where you you lost your your work at when the pandemic hit? Were you working at the rec center? Uh no, um actually I was working at a gym in the area, okay. but uh due to like the pandemic, just like funding and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, nah, the rec I did um uh, like I said I was just doing an internship with them my senior year, uh just a marketing internship mm -hmm. with them, just helping them uh brand around campus. Nice. I told them I had a marketing background, so I'll just help them out with that. That's yeah. how I. Like got in touch with some of my contacts that I still keep in touch with uh, from SIU. Nice, but. nice. Uh, I mean, it seems like the rec center is definitely the place to to <laughs> to have a foot in the door with yeah. with kind of the work that you got going on, man. Now, and I, uh, oh shucks, uh, Cornet uh, now being like the director over the rec center and stuff. Like it's just it's cool to see how these things yeah, all kind of come he, together. He's the one that signed off on the internship. Did he? Uh, yeah, awesome. Him and uh, Sally. I don't know. I don't know Sally. Who's who is Sally? Uh, Sally Wright. I believe she's uh, like right under him. Nice. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, they signed off on my internship, and then for the marketing, I ended up working with uh, Mary Stoffel. Nice, so, yeah. nice, and that would be. Probably Mark's wife, I would guess. Stoffel sounds like a is her. So yeah. Mark's a musician. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. He actually uh, just had him on this stage for a concert a couple uh, weeks ago. So oh, okay. he uh, he hit me up as a point as afterwards because I went too wide on all three <laughs> camera angles, and he was like, "Next time for your future." And I was like, "I I know Mark. I just there were five of you guys on the stage, man. I I struggled with the tight angle shots, but uh, yeah. I got I want to have him in for the podcast too. I may I may see if he's one of the he and he and Mary are, would do a dual podcast. I haven't done a dual podcast yeah, in a while. Mary, be fun. Yeah, Mary, she still helps me out from time to time with the marketing. So good. Yeah, I always you, make sure I keep in touch with her. Well, these these people have your back, yeah. right? And it's it's so funny that you bring up you know the going to grad school and sticker and whatever else. Like I've had two or three other folks, uh, Marshawn, a good example of that, where he was like, "Listen, the relationship that I had." with an instructor, with a professor, with whatever, who were like, Hey, do your grad work here. And like, you know, brought you in. Like it's those people that identify, um, you know, the, the abilities of students like yourself and say, Hey, like you need to take the next step that, that really makes this place special. That, that relationship, um, you know, helps, helps students grow. Yeah. So. And it just keeps the, 
like you, basically, yeah, what you said, and it keeps the re- the retention level afloat. As, <laughs> I wish we could have applied it twenty years ago, my friend. Uh, dude, it's it's been tough. It's been tough watching, just in, and and you know, not even really having a front row seat, just because I'm I'm younger and and I'm now starting to see these things as I as I get into more more active activity in town. But it's it's like you know what if we had twenty years ago been as focused on these personal relationships and, and this, uh, you know, and this building up of, of students as we are now, uh, you know, would we have seen SIU decline from 22, 23,000 folks to where we're at now with right around 10? Right. Uh, I just, you know, and I, and I think that just like you're saying, the, the work that you're doing now, these personal relationships that you're developing, it's not exclusive to you, right? These relationships are open to any student that's going to go out there and, and ask for them. Just take advantage of it. No. You get those people that's willing to help. I mean, it's it's rare that people are just openly willing to help take advantage of it. Yeah. Because if you don't take advantage of it, they're not going to come back around and try and get you again. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and it, it helps that, you know, everybody's got a financial vesting in that activity now because it's like, you know, 15 years ago it would have just been, oh, well – this, the university is going to survive with or without this one student that I didn't yeah. give as much personal attention to. Right. But now it's like, if I don't give this personal attention to these They're students that have come back. to me, <laughs> yeah. like that's one less piece of bread that goes into my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm cashing out, dude. That's all, right, <laughs> all good. <laughs> uh, for episode 58 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, Kentrell Palmer, actually give him a, give a shout out on the, Business name, social media, where that's all out. Give me, give gotcha. me that. So quick. you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, uh, KP Fitness, uh, uh, nice. KP Fitness. Um, actually, is it cool if I just stand up? Cause the yeah, man, do whatever you want. As long as you're in frame on the camera, you're good. All right, so. You may have to kneel down and like. I got you. So we good. Get it on. Nice, right, nice. So. There you go. So yeah, uh, Facebook and Instagram, just uh, KP Fitness. Um, or you can just find my personal page, Kentrell Palmer, message me through there, and we can either talk on there or I can just guide you to the uh, business page. Awesome. And uh, we've guided us through – oh, come on, camera, focus in on me. And we've guided us through right. episode 58 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, Kentrell right. being another interesting person, living an interesting life in this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, and as always, folks, have a good one, whatever that one may be.